Racing through the deepest jungle, the hero of all heroes is on his way to something incredibly, monumentally, humongously huge. His sequel. George's a little dangerous. We've all been wondering about that. Will George save the day? Find out in George of the Jungle 2, an all-new movie. Welcome to Fun Size Sequels, an offshoot of the Unloved Sequels podcast, where we look at the straight-to-video sequels that even the studios didn't make that big a deal of. We're keeping it short and sweet for these mini-episodes with just two hosts. Michael, say hello. Hello. And me, Claire, donning our loincloths and watching out for that tree with George of the Jungle 2. Michael, this was my choice of movie. So tell us what you made of it. It sure was. Uh, Tell us what you made of it and how did it perform on release? So I'll just give you a quick plot outline for this movie. George returns with a bigger, wider family, including a new son, where he's tackling life as in the jungle and with a new wife, and also dealing with his mother-in-law and his wife's evil ex-boyfriend. So how do we get to George of the Jungle Part 2? Is it a Part 2? Yeah, Part 2. The first movie was very successful. It was released on the 16th of July, 1997. It had a budget of 55 million and made 174.4 million at the box office. So that's quite a big jump for such a film. Yeah, it did very well. Uh, So when they try to tackle the subject of a sequel, they chose to go down the straight-to-VHS route. There isn't much information about this film, but what I can tell you, though it was George of the Jungle was very successful at the box office, it was also very successful on VHS when it got released. So George of the Jungle made an, made an extra $7.2 million on VHS sales alone and finished at number 10 in the VHS charts. That's quite high, seeing how many movies came out on VHS back then. Yeah. Um, so they tried tackling George of the Jungle by giving it an estimated budget of about 12 million. So it was a lot smaller. Okay. Compared to what again was the original movie's budget? 55 million. Oh, a lot smaller then. Yeah, massively. So trying to look at what ways they could probably expand on a smaller budget, but then also bring back not many of the returning cast. So, yes. So this is a much shorter running time of 87 minutes. Uh, Mm -hmm. It got released in the UK in August the 18th, 2003, and in America in October the 20th, 2003. So So it came out in the UK first? Yes, what's very strange. That's unusual. Massive. Well, it was scheduled for a summer 2003 release in the States and then got pushed back. But I wonder why. why. I don't know. I mean, just before the... The October release, I know there was a, a legal action from Caterpillar, the, the JCB, obviously not JCB because that's another brand, but the um, construction equipment company, Caterpillar, because it was their bulldozers that were being used in that scene towards the end when they were about to bulldoze the whole 
And they don't want to be seen as enemies. And they didn't want to be negatively associated. So there was a, there was yes. a legal action filed about a week before the American release. So I'm quite surprised that the UK had already released. And then and maybe it was a response to the UK release. I don't know. Maybe that's the reason the US release got delayed because they knew this might be coming anyway. Well, maybe the lawsuit didn't just wasn't affecting the UK release. Maybe the lawsuit was just based in maybe. US courts. Maybe. But anyway, it all got resolved and the movie got released. But yeah, maybe that's the reason why... It had a late because it's very unusual, particularly in the early thousands, for a, a movie to have a later, an American movie to have a later US release than. Yeah, in even the back UK. in the end days, movies came out, the mid cinema, like in the US, movies came back, came out quicker in the US than they did in England. Yeah. So it was kind of like back then there was always a big gap. Now they get kind of like like for like releases with streaming and movie release, cinema releases. But back then it was all very much a bit very vastly different. But yeah. why, why also, why a VHS sequel? So I managed to deep dive into what was going on with VHS and DVD back then. So mm. uh, in 2003, the film industry made $12 billion just on VHS sales and DVD sales. So that was a 45% jump from 2002, what was $8.7 wow. So when they're probably taking this into production, they realized there was loads of money in home entertainment. Uh, DVC's revenue increased by $3.9 billion. Consumers spent an additional $4.3 billion renting titles in VHS and DVD format. Wow. Home entertainment was a massive market then. It was huge. Like, don't forget how many blockbusters were popping up in the late 90s to the oh, early 90s. for sure. For sure. Like, like, you look back at that time and you think, oh, wow, there must have been so many blockbusters out there. But yeah. I just think that that's kind of like, but realistically, they were, only, they, they were everywhere for about five or six years. It seemed longer. But I think that they're, they're like their crowning moment was probably like the turn, the millennium going on with yeah, yeah. five years. And then they say disappeared again once Netflix started streaming. Oh, I see. Now that makes a lot, lot more sense, though, of putting a movie like this straight to DVD or straight to VHS. Because yes. to my mind, that was always the kind of, oh, we're not that bothered. Let's just put it straight, straight to VHS, straight to DVD. Um, yeah. Almost like it was not an afterthought, but like as a, we're not that fussed about this movie. But actually, if if that was the state of the market at that point, I can see why studios were putting stuff straight out to, to home release. Well, I think of like, if you go look at to make a movie, I think it goes back to our conversation of Return of Jafar. If you haven't, guys, if you haven't listened to it, it was our previous mini episode a few weeks ago. We discussed about how much it costs to make an animation film for the cinema compared to what it's like to make an animation film for home release on VHS. Mm. And if you look at this production budget, this probably is, I think it has the same kind of essence. You can tell that this is a hell of a lot of a cheaper movie than the original yeah. film. I think it shows more in this film than I think it did in Jafar, to be honest. I think Jafar, once oh. you've got over that original, that initial kind of, oh, this looks a little bit fuzzy and a bit grainy, and then you, you get used to it and it's fine. Whereas mm -hmm. I think through this film, certainly in terms of the CGI effects, it yes. because they kind of come and go, I think if it was continually animated all the way through, it wouldn't necessarily show up so much. Um, but because most of it's live action, when you then get a CGI character, um, it's, it's really jarring and you can really see the difference in quality from the effects from the first movie to the second, you can see the change in budget. There. Yeah. 
but they've gone for a more cartoony kind of look. It definitely feels like this film would be quite happy sitting along. I wouldn't even say Disney, but Nickelodeon. Yeah. You know, that kind well, of it, it, lower end children's channel. The original movie was a spin off of a cartoon, of a yes. cartoon series. Um, you can see, if you compare, I've not seen the cartoon series, but I've seen stills and clips. And you can see the continuation of that in the opening animation that both the movies have. Um, mm -hmm. They're clearly trying to keep the essence of the TV series in the movies, even though the movies are not animated. Um, and I think the animation in both movies yeah. is good. Um, the the CGI and the special effects and the the animals, the way the animals are presented. Yes. Um, less so perhaps I, particularly in the back, second movie like looking back at the first movie there's far more animatronics as well when it comes yes. to yes but again that will be a budget thing because i think cgi is probably cheaper particularly the kind yes. of quality of cgi we saw in george of the jungle 2 i think a lot of the time you're you, you can achieve more with something that's physically there in the room, a practical effect, an animatronic or, you know, what, what, rather than it being, oh, we'll, we'll fix that in post, um, yes. you know, just act to a, a ping pong ball on a stick and we'll add it in later, which is what I think has happened with a lot of the animals, exception of the ape called Ape, who is still animatronic, but seems to be very... Um, seems to be quite low quality animatronics i don't I, i'm assuming it's the same ape from the first movie i just thought it was a man in a costume with an animatronic face is it a man in a costume maybe I that's think why it's a it man looks in a costume maybe that's why it looks so shonky i kind of figured it couldn't be because why would you put a man in an ape suit in this movie when you could use animatronics but i mean i'm assuming it's not john cleese in a costume no i don't think no <laughs> can you imagine that. can yes. you imagine that i highly doubt john cleese was inside the ape costume. I don't think John Cleese left his tone when he was making this. I think he literally no. sent them a microphone, was like, just record these lines, love, and then we'll send you a check. Yes. Well, he's one of our few returning <laughs> actors, isn't he, between the two yes. movies. Um, yeah, I think that's the, the big difference between the two movies, the most obvious difference. And it is lampshaded in this movie very much. They, they make no effort to hide the fact that they have recast no, they make jokes about it most of the major roles yeah oh the studio was too cheap to pay brendan fraser for this movie which i don't think is actually true there's a bit of um i was Why? looking it up well because i found two stories one is from imdb but there's no citation so i think as much as i love imdb i think it might not be strictly accurate mm. um but on imdb it says that uh Brendan Fraser has apparently said that he's got no idea why they put that line in. He was never approached to do the movie. Um, he would have loved to have done it, but he was actually at the same time that this was being made, he was making, bizarrely, he was making Looney Tunes back in action, which is a very similar Ooh. kind of live action um, with incorporated animation movie. Um, and that kind of like was a tipping point of killing his career. That was kind of like towards his original kind of big career well, this is Break. the thing. He'd made two mummy movies between since George of the Jungle up to 2003. Yeah. He'd made two mummy movies. He'd made, um, oh, what was that movie with Liz Hurley? Bedazzled? Oh, yes, I remember that movie. That was like a, so bad it's good or just really bad? Well, I think it's that remake of a Dudley Moore movie. It is a remake, yes. Yes, yes that's I haven't seen it since like 
not long after it came out so we're going back to about 20 years but um so yeah he'd made a mix of kind of really good and really not quite so good movies um but yeah so he wasn't available for this movie anyway on the same production schedule that it was made to but the other story I read which seems a bit more feasible is that he was approached to do it he declined because he was just he found the first movie such hard work you look at the he he does his own stunts as much as possible so you look at all the stunt work he would have done in the first movie you look at the condition that he will have got his body into for that first movie Mm -hmm. no one stays that ripped for six years between movies so he would have had to have done all that work again and we know from watching his movies in between he's not the same body shape in the inch in the mummy movies for example as he is in george of the jungle yeah, he's no, exactly. so ripped in george of the jungle he must have worked really hard to get to that condition with his body and he didn't want to put himself through that again he didn't want to do the stunts again and he'd done a lot of stunt work in the mummy movies as well and it actually got to the point i think it was about five years after george of the jungle came out George's Uncle 2 came out um, was the point at which Brendan Fraser took a massive break from acting and one of the reasons for that was that he his, was physically broken from having done so many action movies and stunt yeah, movies because he was typecast wasn't he he was he was given these kind of roles and if he wanted to do something else because if you think back to what his career was originally it was all kind of like he one of his first roles was an amazing film with Ian McKinnon called Gods and Monsters mm. where and that's a complete and he plays like the sexy gardener and it's not an action mm. film. He's quite a method yeah, yeah, yeah. role. And then kind of like he got into yeah. George of the Jungle and the Mummy movies and suddenly he was getting Well, the Mummy came movies. off the back of this. So the director yes. of the Mummy saw him in George of the Jungle and was like, hmm, that's my guy. And that, so that got him the Mummy. And this was, uh, George of the Jungle was like his first starring role um, yeah. in, a, in a big commercial success, commercially successful film. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it all kind of spiraled from there. But of course, because of all of that, perhaps um, he either wasn't available or declined to take part in this movie. There was talk apparently of him having a little cameo. Um, I don't know how they would have worked that with the new actor, but he he was keen to be in the movie, but could only give them sort of a couple of days filming and they couldn't find a way of working him in without making the part too big for him to be able to commit to it. So I, I think that sounds like the more plausible reason for why he's not in the movie rather than that they didn't even approach him about it and then went to the trouble of saying that they were too cheap in the movie to to hire him back well i think they probably sat down looked what's going on in the vhs home entertainment market or dvd market should i say and they realized they were going to assign this a 12 million budget to rake in more money back and mm. they're like 12 million we can't afford brendan fraser well this is the thing he will have been much more expensive by 2003 than he was in 1997 i think it was when george of the jungle came out but does that make it a bad movie what do you think michael what what did you think of this you you texted me i'm going to tell our listeners this you texted me while you were watching it Mm -hmm. saying this is really painful was was that your entire take on the movie it was so i'm going to give you a picture what it was like watching it i watched it on a saturday morning so i thought okay this is a good saturday morning viewing my elderly parents were in their mid to late 70s are visiting me at the moment. And they came downstairs for their morning cup of tea. And I live in America, so they travel a long way to visit me. And I'm like, guys, we're going to watch George of the Jungle 2 for this podcast. I made... Did you get them to watch it with you? I 100% I did. <laughs> they were going around. Oh, my gosh. They were going around singing George of the Jungle for two days like I was. That song repeats mm. on you really badly. 
Like, like it's not even, yeah. it's catchy, it's annoying. Guys, listen to a few, a little segment right now. So yeah, so you could imagine two seventy-year-olds singing this song with me for going for No, it's painful the whole the rest of your life. So like certain things I liked about this film. I loved the um, opening cartoon. I thought that was really mm-hmm. good. I thought the animation was yeah, great. Yeah. Um, I really like Judy Benz, who's in Dexter. She plays Dexter's yeah. girlfriend in the original series. Loved her in it. Um, the musical numbers were fine. I kind of really enjoyed Christina Pickles, uh, the mother-in-law George, mm-hmm. I thought she was a great evil villain. She, I thought she had the whole comic action and pause for applause, panto esque, as Claire would call it. Yes, um, quite well. Um, the best part of this movie is when the bird flies in shot and says, "I'm never doing another sequel." And I think the production <laughs> heard that bird and was clever enough to realize not to do another sequel on this movie. I thought the French stuff was good, you know, when they come in like Charlie's Angels. I, I quite like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I quite like the horny, frisky friend that tries to snog everything, including the ape. That was great fun. I enjoyed yeah. that. But apart from that, um, I, I I just was kind of like, it was like having my teeth pulled, Claire. And oh, no. I imagined, I imagine watching this with a bunch of kids mm-hmm. um, and find them finding it hysterically funny mm. and you catch their, your laughter from them. That's how I yes. imagine it. I think it's one of those things, it's like chicken pox. You don't want it, but once you got <laughs> it, you're stuck with it for a while. You should have put that on the poster. It's, <laughs> it's like chicken like pox. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm pretty honestly say that I will never view this movie again. But it was an experience. Oh. But tell me, well, Claire, what's it like living with kids that love this, this film? This is the thing. I think this is going to be the difference on our two perspectives on this film. I rewatched both films specifically to record this episode. And it was not the first time I'd seen either film, but it was the first time I'd seen either film without children in the room because I watched Ooh. them while the kids were at school. Um, I've seen both of them quite a few times because my kids love them. Um, I haven't watched them with the kids recently because we've recently put a rope swing from a tree in our garden. And I just think that's going to inspire the kind of accidents that are going to have us in the emergency room. Um, So now they've got an actual rope swing. I'm like, okay, let's just steer clear of these movies for a while. I really like these movies. And I think a big part of it is because my kids really like these movies. And at the end of the day, my kids are the target audience for these movies. I think there's, They've tried to put content in for the grown-ups, all the kind of the breaking the fourth wall and the um, all the, the lampshading, the jokes and how mm-hmm. self-referential it is and how yeah. self-deprecating it is, particularly in the sequel, um, is all there just to kind of keep the adults along for the ride. But I think primarily it is a kid's movie. It's not as good as the first movie, 
Yeah. But I think it's quite a good sequel. I think I think it's been badly done by in a lot of its reviews. I think a lot of people looked at it as a movie in its own right. And I don't think it it should be viewed like that. I think it should be viewed as a sequel to the first movie and within that context. And I think if you've seen the first movie and you sit down to watch a sequel to the first movie, how would you not be expecting the second movie is, is my take on it. It's not a great movie, but I think it's, it's everything you should expect from a sequel to George of the Jungle. So on that basis, I, I would rate it slightly higher than if I was kind of grading it as a movie on its own. So I think I would give it Go on. maybe Go on. three and a half swinging vines. I don't feel like it quite deserves a four because it's not a good movie, but I think it is a good sequel. And that kind of brings the average up a bit. 3.5 from me. Oh, geez. So Rotten Tomato <laughs> has this down as a critic score of 17%. And the Harsh. audience score is, is 20%. So, so, but I'm with them. I think those scores are fair. The critics in the audience, I think they're piffing. I give it like 1.5. Oh, you're a bunch of swinging, swinging Georges. Though I did find it amusing that the um, the young boy from Two and a Half Men played the young George. Mm -hmm. And on the trailer, if you watch the trailer, the trailer really sells the sign as this binormous part of this movie that they're going to save the jungle together and they really don't yeah he's not really in the movie <laughs> no he's not it's like i was like really this, is, not in the movie much. this trailer does not sell this film well but that's it guys we've we've um we've we've looked i've sat through jaws of the jungle too so you don't have to but if you've got oh, kids gosh. i'm gonna sit through it again you will she will many she more will. times in my life i'm sure she will so claire will. how can the guys get in contact with us Oh, yeah, you can email us, unlovedsequels at gmail.com. You can find us on social media at unlovedsequels. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Are we on TikTok, Michael? Um, there's a little pause on TikTok at the moment because, like, every because time I we're try... old and don't really understand TikTok. No, no, I get TikTok, but the problem is that um, every time I make a video for it, it has noise or footage from a film and they ban it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so, for I, yes. so I need to find a way. We need to come way. up with some original material for TikTok. We're going to be TikTok stars. Okay, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen, Claire, but we can give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> so watch this space on TikTok, but hey, yes. you can catch us on all the other socials at Unloved Sequels. So guys, um, we will see you in the future for our next episode. Um, we might have a little bit more Brendan Fraser for you in that future okay, but until, ne until next time guys keep watching the screen <laughs>